0: to hold out. Aren't you glad that we have a father that can bring us out, who's always there waiting for us? All we got to do is call out his name. Let us prepare our hearts to hear God's word. Let us pray. Father, right now, we pray right now. That, Lord, we hear a word from on high. That, Father, be all of you and none of me. Let the power of your Holy Spirit move forward in preaching your word to us, your people. That we may see how we need to grow, need to mature, and need to change in our lives. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This first Sunday, we begin dealing with a new series, making it through the storm. And we have different storms in our lives, and, and just think about how, just what happened in Minnesota. As Brother Linwood said, it could, have, it could have been one of the bridges here in Peoria. And you see how the news is, they, they're catching up, they're checking the foundations now just to make sure it doesn't happen in... Uh, Peoria, But yet, and still, things happen in our lives that you just can't plan for. You, you try to work it out, but sometimes you just don't know why it happens. When, and sometimes when you're going through rough times, it seems like things only get worse. And you may be thinking, why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve such things? And then sometimes, you know, you may have friends and you think they're your friends, but they start telling you why things bad are happening to you. And, and you think they're supposed to console you, but instead they're judging you. You think they'll be there for you, but then they leave you. And and then you're thinking, like, who's on my side? Who's going to be there for me? There's a favorite, uh, a favorite poem out there about dealing with footprints, right? And, you know, at the end of the... The, of the poem it says that, what about when I see just those pair of footprints by themselves? There's no other footprints besides them. He said, that's when I carried you. Amen. You see, oftentimes we think we are alone. We look on the picture. We think we're by ourselves, but God is carrying us. Yes. But it doesn't seem that way when you're going through. Amen. When you're going through, you have questions. You have doubts. You have concerns. Why is this happening to me? What have I done? And and when people tell you things you've done, you know you have not done. You think, who will defend my cause? In the book of Job, 19th chapter, as you turn there, you may be familiar with Job. Job was a righteous man. God said there was none like him in all the earth. Satan was walking around doing what Satan does. And God asked him, have you considered my servant Job? Uh, Satan replied back to God saying that Job won't fall for this because he has too much money. Since you blessed him, God, he can't be tested. And God said, well, go ahead and take all that he has. And so Satan did that, but Job still did not curse God. So Satan says, man, that did not work well. I did that, but I couldn't touch him. God said, well, you could touch him, but you can't take his life. Amen. So then Job went, was was touched by, by Satan, and he has all these boils over his skin. It was so bad he was taking pots and scraping his skin, feeling such pain and anguish. Amen. And Job had some friends that came by to see him. And, and these friends, when they saw him, they mourned and they wept. For well, they were sorrowful to see their friend in such pain and suffering. But let's look in 19th chapter. After Job's friends sit silently for such a time, then they had to open up their mouths. And now sometimes when people don't know what's going on, they try to talk. That's when they bring more pain in your life. Job 19th chapter, we're going to look at verses 21 to 25 right here. Says, Have pity upon me, have pity upon me, O ye my friends, for the hand of God hath touched me. Why do ye persecute me as God and are not satisfied with my flesh? Oh, that my words were now written, oh, that they were printed in a book, that they were graven with an iron pen and, and lead in a rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. I'm going to deal with this morning that looking for the lighthouse. Uh, The lighthouse has a lot of symbolism involved in it. It symbolizes sometimes of enlightenment. But yeah, I'm going to deal with the reason why there were lighthouses. Lighthouses were made because to keep ships to know that how close they were to land so they would not crash on land. And also they used lighthouses to let the ships know how you can safely come into port. Say you on sea for such a long time and the storms come, when you want to get on land? will not you be thinking, like, oh, to be safe back at home and you'd be happy to see the lighthouse? You're looking faithfully waiting for the lighthouse. Job's in a circumstance here that he's waiting for his Redeemer. Why? Because his friends are coming against him. Think about your life. Think about how things can catch you unaware. Job's life was going just fine. He's one of the richest in all the world. Then all of a sudden his family's dead. His cattle is gone. Everything that he had is gone. And, and, and through it all, his wife was looking at him, but he said, though he's slain, yet I will trust him. And, and so then that was the first time that Satan went back to God and put boils on his skin. And you can look in, in the second chapter of, of Job, and, and Job's talking to his wife. Because his wife said something to him about curse God and die. But yet Job looked at her. Look at 2nd chapter, verse 9 and 10. Then he said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity, Integrity? curse God, and die? But Job said, but he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What, shall we receive God at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. And, and when I look at that, I think about it. When I go through my life, there's times that I want to give up. There's times that I want to blame God. There's times I have blamed God. There's times that I I wanted to curse God and just say, Lord, I I give up because all this is happening to me. What have I done to deserve this? But now let's think in retrospect. What did you do do to deserve what you lost? We have stuff in our possessions. We have things in our life, and we think we deserve it. I have a big house because I work hard for it. I have this job because I deserve it. I, I, I have this fine card because I deserve it. I have great children because I'm a great guy. I'm a great parent. I'm a great mom. I'm a great dad. But that's not the reason why. It's because of God. We get caught up thinking what we can control and what we can see. But you see, God is letting us know that we need to depend on him. Back in the 19th chapter, look here that Job is being persecuted by his friends. You you look at the previous verses and the the beginning, verses 1 through 5, Job is saying, you have rebuked me ten times now. Have you ever felt when things went not your way and people came on, you just felt like the whole world was coming against you? You thought the friends that should be on your side, they're now talking bad about you. The ones you thought would be at your defense are now no longer defending you, but they're telling you why bad things happen to you. There's some people that say, come to you, well, you, reason, you know why you lost your job, because you just never showed up on time. Oh, thanks a lot. I, I needed to hear that. Is there anything else you want to tell me? You know, a lot of people want to tell you when things go wrong, but when things go right, they don't want to pat you on the back. But when things go wrong in your life, they will show up, and they will let you know how bad things really are. You know, that's how you can find who your closest friends are. When things go wrong, will they be around? When you lose your money, will they still be your friends? When you have nothing to give them physically, will they still be there with you emotionally? Job's friends were, were trying to be righteous and judge, And, and Job says, now you're, you're playing God? Look at verse 16. It says, for now thou my numbers, my steps. I'm sorry, let me turn back. Wrong verse. In verse uh, 21, says, so have pity upon me. Have pity upon me, O ye my friends, for the hand of God hath touched me. Verse 21. See, Job realized that God did this. I want you to understand. I want you to understand this. Catch this. Nothing catches God by surprise. We, we ask why September 11. We may be asking why happened, what, what happened in Minnesota. Why the tsunami? Why these earthquakes? Guess what? God knows why these things happen. And, and if you need an answer, the answer is sin. Satan is the reason why we have sin. Why? Because Satan went to Adam and Eve. Adam gave in to sin, and sin is now all up in the world. And since sin is all up in the world, we have death. We have pain. We have suffering. But in this, in this Job still not, did not lose heart. He realized that though he slay me, though he persecuted me, guess what? I know. My Redeemer lives. You see, see, and here when he's dealing with the word redeemer, he's dealing with in the Hebrew the word go out. And go out is a standpoint of a kinsman redeemer. What do you mean by a kinsman redeemer? It means this, that oftentimes when family members became in debt, it would take a kinsman to come to justify them and take them out of debt. They use the same word as in in the story of of Ruth. Y'all familiar with Ruth? Ruth Ruth was without a husband, but she she could have a kinsman redeemer, which was Boaz. They came and redeemed her that she would have now. She was without nothing, but then she had everything. We too have a kinsman redeemer. His name is Jesus. How, How is he kinsman? How is he kin to us? Well, he stepped out of heaven and came down to be made like us. And then, then, then we see in Romans how the Bible says by us accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we now call God our Father. Jesus says God is my Father. So then we become kinsmen. And he becomes our kinsman redeemer. He redeems us. He calls us, claims us back his own. And then also, uh, also the redeemer and to go out is also one that is a vindicator, one that avenges what is wrong. You see, Satan is trying to kill us and murder us. He's trying to destroy whatever we have. He's trying to attack your marriages. He's trying to attack your children. He tries to get up in your finances. He's trying to get up all in the schools. He's trying to get up all in the political system. But yet we got to understand that we know that our Redeemer lives. What does that mean? That means this. Job realized that I may not be defended right now because, why? I feel like I'm going to die. His death is imminent. Job does not know the end of the story like we know. it. Job is thinking, I'm about to die. I mean, what more is going to happen to me? I lost everything that I had. I got this this incurable disease all over my body. There's no relief from it. I'm in this overwhelming pain. I have friends that come by and tell me why I'm in pain because they said I've sinned. I've done this. I've done that. And I've defended myself to them, but yet they're not listening to me. So Job said, I wish it could be written in stone. Have you ever been there that people just not listening to you wish you could write it down in stone so maybe somebody later on will get the truth? Because so many lies come against you in your life, but yet God knows the truth. I'm glad that God is the ultimate judge. Man and women will try to judge you, but God's the only one that can judge you. And and see, Job realizes, look at, at verse 28, But you should say, why persecute we him, seeing the root of the matter is found in me? Be ye afraid of the sword, for wrath bringeth the punishment of the sword, that ye may know there is a judgment. He letting them know, said, look, you're judging me. But I want you to know there is a judgment. There is a God that will ultimately judge you. There is a God that will ultimately put you to the test. See, Job believed God was his defender. Joe believed that God was his rock, was his salvation. Joel believed that in, even as, as I see myself as God's enemy right now, because while all this stuff has happened to me, I don't see myself as a friend of God, but yet he still I know God as my friend. How can you make it through in life when you don't know that God's going to bring you through? How do those make it day to day, not knowing that there is a better day tomorrow? Or is it something that's a brighter day ahead? Or, or how can they make it where they can't say, Lord, help me to hold out? How, how can they make it where they don't think that they can make it? That's why I'm glad that we don't have to rest on our own strength, on our own might. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. See, I'm, I'm glad that Job can say, see it here. Even before Jesus Christ has been revealed, he had a, such a close relationship with God, he knew that vindication was coming. Sometimes in your life, you want things right now. You think Job wanted a relief right now? You think Job want everything to be set, and set, and set uh, back in the place it was right then and there, but it didn't happen? Did Job curse God and die? Did Job give in? He pressed on. Because he realized that I'm looking for the lighthouse. I'm looking for that safety. I know that my Redeemer lives. We know that the Redeemer lives. And he and, and he's an avenger of us. Was he avenging? Paul writes, death. Where's your victory, sin? Where's your sting? He's avenging our lives because Satan is a murderer. Jesus said, I come so that you may have life and have it what? More abundantly, but the the enemy comes to kill and destroy. He's a murderer. Satan wants to murder us, destroy whatever God has placed in us, destroy whatever God has given you, but guess what? He has no power. But we allow him to have power. Why? Because we submit. To the sin that's in us. James 1st chapter says that temptation comes from man's own evil desire. From man's own evil desire. Why why do I sin? Because I chose to. That's the bottom line. I can't blame it on anybody else. i got to take full responsibility. But even that, I know I can take it to my God in prayer. Because why? He loves us. He wants to justify us. He wants to defend us. How do I know this? For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. You see, God knew that we needed somebody to come to redeem us. To pay a price we could not pay. To substitute us in, in, in order, the place. So therefore Jesus took our place on the cross. Jesus took the pain and suffering of hell on our behalf. Uh, y'all, y'all might be familiar when you come in here or read about the seven last words of Christ. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and it's at that time he took in all our sins and he was separated from God. And if Jesus Christ, God himself, cries out in that pain and that suffering, you want to you experience that? See, God knows what's best for us. And yet we don't know what's going on in our lives. And we try to control what's going on in our lives. Job did not know what was going on. He had no clue. His friends had no clue. But Job knew God. When you know God, you know you can make it. When you know God, you know that he loves you. You know he shows his grace towards you. You know that his mercy is awesome and his peace will will, will surround you and surpass all understanding. And Jesus Christ will guard your minds and your heart. But it's through his word. Job knew that I can trust in the Lord. Look at verse 25 again. For I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Verse 26, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. You see, Christ paid the price for us with something that was not perishable, but something that was imperishable. It was his blood, which was shed for the ransom of many. He redeemed us with his life, not with gold, not with silver, but with his life. Something that can never be purchased, something that can never be bought. He did that. And, and Job is seeing this, that even before that, that he knew that even if I don't see it right now, I know I will see my redemption. Amen. Amen. That's the problem we have with other people in life, that they have no hope. They don't know how they can make it through from day to day because they don't know that a redeemer does live. Jesus does live. We talk about how he died but you understand he does live. He lives. He rose again. And where, and he wants to live in our hearts. I stand at your house knocking. He wants to live in our hearts. He wants to walk with us. He wants to talk with us. He wants to be with us. Turn with me to 2 Timothy. I'm sorry, 1 Timothy, 2nd chapter. 1 Timothy 2nd chapter, verses 5 and 6. The word of God says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man who, who gave himself what? A ransom for all to be testified in what? In due time. It didn't say immediately, but in due time. What's the due time? In the perfect time, in the right time. And see, we have one God, and there's a mediator between God and men. Who's that mediator? Jesus. Who is our redeemer? Jesus. Who's he that lives? Jesus. Who's he that was resurrected? Jesus. Who's that that died on the cross to save me? Jesus. Who came to give me life more abundantly? Jesus. Who's by grace I have been saved by through? Jesus. For the wages of sin is there, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. You see, everything that we can achieve in life is through Jesus. And I'm glad that He's the mediator. I'm glad He is the Redeemer. I'm glad He stepped in as the middleman. You went to the doctor, had a bad report, but you can go to the middleman. You go to the bank, they say they can't help you, but you can go to the middleman. You go home with a broken heart, feeling you're all alone, but you can go to the middleman. He has stepped right in to help you in your time of trouble. He will will defend your cause. He will call you his own. He loves you. So think about here. He said who gave himself. Are you willing to give yourself to him? You might be thinking, what am I going to gain if I give myself to Jesus? What would I have if I gave myself to him? He, he, he gave his life up for me, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying my life right now. I, I'm comfortable how things are right now. But I want you to understand that he has more in store for you. You think what you have is good, but guess what? Your redeemer still lives. He's not dead. This is not as good as it gets. There's something coming. There's a time we will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. That will be made just like him, but I know while you're going through the storm, it looks kind of hard on you. It looks kind of rough on you, but I want you to know there's one God and there's a mediator that's standing on your behalf right now saying, Lord, I know they're going through some rough times right now. I know they feel alone right now. Lord, I even know they messed up, but guess what? I died for them. And, and since I died for them, Father, you don't have to condemn them, but yet they're blessed to me. Romans 81, there's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. You catch it? Everything's through Christ Jesus. He is our Redeemer. He's the reason why we live. He's the reason why we're living right now. Because of our grace, we have been saved, not by faith. Amen. I'm sorry. It's grace that we've been saved by, through faith, not by words. Amen. Ephesians 2, and Amen. God wants us to realize that we're not alone. People will come and persecute you. It seems like everything's going against you. But know your Redeemer lives. Amen. Know your Redeemer lives. Because I, I think right now, as I come to my close, I can think right now just of the apostles. How, how, how they saw Jesus hung high, and stretched wide, and, and they, they, they pierced, his nail, pierced the nails in his hands and his feet. They pierced him in the side. They took him off and buried him in the tomb. And, and they were hiding, locked up in a room, scared. Not knowing what's going on. But then all of a sudden he appears in a room. And they see him. And they get so fed up and so excited about what they have seen. Guess what they do? They go tell a world about a living Savior. Because their Redeemer lives. And they were so excited that people tried to kill them about talking about Jesus. We live in a free land. We could say Jesus all day. Matter of fact, they say Jesus on movies. That's a curse word. But we don't want to say Jesus at work. But we let them curse out our Jesus on TV. And yet, I remember Peter and John. They were standing in front of the Sanhedrin, and they were telling him that they should stop speaking about Jesus. And and I see them got excited, saying, for we cannot stop for what we have seen and for what we have heard. You choose for yourself what you're going to do, but we're going to preach and tell the whole world about Jesus Christ and him not only crucified, but him that has resurrected. Has Jesus, is Jesus living in your life? Is the Redeemer alive in you? Because when he's alive in you, then you know I can make it for tomorrow. I know I can make it through whatever I'm going through right now. It's a rough time right now, but I know he lives. I know the doctor gave me a bad report, but I know he lives. I know my family may be far apart, but I know he lives. And since he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, I can make it tomorrow. Because he lives, I know he's coming back one day to claim me and call me his own. But it's all because he lives. Tell somebody he lives. He lives. So are you looking? to make it to the lighthouse are you keeping your eye on the prize are you realize that though the storms may come there's still safety on the way and we're safe to rest in his arms to rest in his love to rest in his peace we can't have peace as the world gives it to us but peace through him and how do we have peace through him knowing that my soul has been anchored in the Lord that I have a a place in heaven with him, all because Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and rose again on the third day. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Right now, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Redeemer, if you do not know that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day for your sins, if you never confess that, I want to lead you in this prayer. God knows your heart. You wouldn't say it unless you meant it. God knows your heart. Just repeat this prayer after me. saying, dear Lord Jesus, that's right, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and you rose again on the third day with all power in your hand. And dear Lord Jesus, I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of all my sins. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. So with every head bowed and every eyes closed, if that's you, if you pray that prayer for the first time, if that's you, raise your hand. Raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you.